This podcast took a hiatus back in March of 2022. Now, 30 years later, or actually five months, our hero returns. How appropriate that we're talking Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the movie, on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and just forget Roger Rabbit exists. Um, boy, oh boy, it is great to be back. And recording in person, this is fantastic. Uh, back on the podcast for the first time in a while, uh, he, he hosts, he helps run the monthly show in Manny on Gaffapalooza here in Philadelphia. It's a secret location, so you got to get on that. Uh, it's comedian Pete Eckenroth. Hey, Pete. What's up, skaters? How are oh you, Ross? Oh, my God. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty swell. So, you know, just to give some context about this, the last time you were on KidFlix was back in October 2019. I had just decided, you know, I can't do this every week. I'm going to do it once every other week. So we met up, and then we discovered mid-podcast that... I had watched the wrong thing. Oh, yeah, that we we had watched two completely separate. Yeah, cuz we were talking about Rocco's Modern Life, the uh like Netflix special yeah. that they put out, and I forget what I watched instead. I think you watched the Invader Zim Netflix special. The, yeah. That they had put out. <laughs> so I was I was like close but not really there. <laughs> but today we're talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the movie, not the TV show. Um, this kind of came about because we saw each other a few weeks ago at uh, Helium Comedy right here in Philly, and you just came up and you were like, dude, if you have me on Kidflix again, I want to talk about this. Uh, and you'd also told me before we started that you've been on two podcasts already to talk about this movie. <laughs> Tell me like, what has like, really like, captured this for you. Okay. Well, the first thing I say is I think I think Chip and Dale were the most uh, unsung heroes of the Disney block while I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That and Bonkers, which I don't know if anybody else remembers. That was like the cat that was a police officer. Oh. Then the name Super Rings a Bell. I feel yeah. like somebody else brought that up as like an obscure nineties <laughs> reference. Cartoon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I I don't know, so I always liked Chip and Dale. And I think that I realized in my teenage years watching reruns and when Disney Plus came out, like watching Seeing that, like, it was definitely a cartoon intended for adults the first time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're, car- they're it's Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. <laughs> like, they're not, like, inherently, those are not references that kids are going to immediately be like, oh, that's Tom Selleck. Right. <laughs> what? That's why Dale is dressed like that? Oh, I, I mean, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so it's Indiana so this Jones w- and Magnum P.I. are, like, their costumes. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, because the, the, this movie was my first time experiencing it. Like, when the trailer popped up I, I the only thing i was excited about it's like oh like you know Mulaney and samberger uh voicing it um dan gould i believe is his name who's like married to rachel bloom like he's one mm. of the co-writers um and you know akiva schaefer of the lonely island uh directed it so yeah. like great dan gregor i meant but yeah. Gregor, yeah uh so yeah so you you were already like bought into the cartoon and it's like uh, like a mystery of the week type thing yeah, yeah, it's just your your standard Disney cartoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what? There's a we gotta solve the caper. Fat Cat has done it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah, because I I have like pictures from when I was like four years old and went to Disney World, and like I'm hugging Chip and Dale. I have no affinity for them at all. Like, would you would you say that they're like your top tier like, uh, like yeah, bench warmer be, they, uh, they animated character be on my. Yeah, if I had to go like uh, childhood animated characters, they'd probably make my 
I don't know. I don't remember how many faces are on Mount Rushmore, but one of them would make my top five probably. You know There's I mean? four. So one of that they'll have to duke it out, but one of them will be on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, your you Mount Rushmore. I mean? Yeah. I don't even know who mine would be because I, I, like, I was a big Rugrats guy. Okay. And uh, I feel like if I wanted to go a little bit more obscure, I don't feel like anybody gives a shit about Wild Thornberries, but I was all in. On yeah, dude, Wild big, big Donnie head, dude. Oh, big Donnie head. <laughs> um, the cool, Plays like. by Flea. I don't know if what? you Yeah, yeah. Donnie from the. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. That was Flea. So, <laughs> yeah, it's Flea. God. Well, because, I, I, yeah, because <laughs> I knew Nigel Thornberry's Tim Curry. Yeah. And. Gretchen Wiener from Mean Girls voices Eliza. Yeah. Um, okay. That's yeah, Flea. Damn. Flea is also one of the nihilists in um the uh, the Big Lebowski. One of the the one of the assassins. Yes, he in is. The yeah. That's right. Because okay, yeah, so weird stretch in the nineties. that Flea was like, <laughs> I th- I can do it all. <laughs> I love when musicians are like, I'm gonna act, and then we give them a few chances. Then we're like, no. It's kind of like um Justin Timberlake. He did. He did uh, in time. So I I saw in time in theaters. <laughs> I've one of those movies. I have at least fifteen different DVDs that has a prequel, has a preview for in time. I've never seen. I don't remember it ever being in the theaters. I've it never got to HBO. TBS has never aired it during. Well, it's the not very of the funny. Night. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that movie is. But it's one of those things where like. It's a cool enough idea, but it just fumbles every step of the way because it's like, what if time was life and that was also money? And that's the entire movie. But also, like, went into that weird time in Hollywood. They like they were really trying to convince us that Amanda Seyfried was hot. They were like, she's... <laughs> you know, he, I'm not the he's right willing to ask to, about he, that. Yeah, but he was all like, he, he's willing to give up as much time as he needs to if he if that can be his lady. And well, you're like, what the fuck, dude? Well, she looks it, like a fish. Like, <laughs> damn. Well, there's also this weird caveat in In Time where they're like, everybody stops aging at 25. So, like, everybody is just like a young hot person because it was also in the mid 2000s. So they were like, we've got to get everybody in bikinis all the time. And it also has to feel kind of like the hunger games. So they were like, Amanda Seafried was like, this is my mother. And it's just like, I think Olivia Munn or like <laughs> Olivia Wilde, just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just doing that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chippendale rescue Rangers. Chippendale so, rescue so Rangers. you, so when you saw the trailer, you were like, all in. Yeah, you me and Lamar thought yeah. it was coming to theaters and we had every intention of buying midnight tickets so that we could see it like at release. Mm-hmm. And then we found out that it was on Disney Plus and neither of us had that so we had to figure out how to find a friend with Disney Plus. For sure. So and that, that, that slowed down a roll. <laughs> like two or three days after it came out we ended up watching it because we were like, alright, we've, we've secured a login. <laughs> you finally <laughs> you finally broke in just just like Chip and Dale do with the machine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this, so the, would you say that this kind of like then fulfilled that like nostalgia yeah, for you? Because I mean, like this movie is just a movie about like nostalgia, kind of like I joked about in the beginning. But um, Akiva said that this was trying to be like a spiritual successor to Roger Rabbit. I don't like that he said that. Oh no, because it it gave people an out very early to be like, ah, they're just mm. doing Roger Rabbit. When like I felt like it was much more than that. Like I feel like they did a a very, they did a very good job doing what they were trying to do. You know? Yeah, and I think like I, I uh, the big difference is that like Roger Rabbit is very much commenting on like the the cartoons of the forties, like the Looney Tune yeah. era stuff, and this very much kind of tries to encapsulate and lampoon the past thirty years, which has been very much different. Like even the whole yeah. thing where Chip and Dale one is CG, the other is cell animated. Um, and like, I did appreciate that this movie goes into the 
like dark ages of computer animation where it just looked like dog. Oh shit. my god! Yeah, the, I my favorite like well because the my favorite side character is the Beowulf guard. Yeah, I Seth Rogen. Just... I think Bob is his name. It's yeah, it's yeah. Seth Rogen's character. Uh, the mystery leads Chippendale to the Uncanny Valley. So it's just like all of these guys that just like don't look great, and they I I'm blanking because I I didn't end up rewatching this for the podcast, but it was like I'd watched it semi recently and. Yeah, they just touched on all of these gross era. Just like, yeah, they were trying to do too much with computer <laughs> animation. We also we're also completely skipping over that Ugly Sonic is oh, Ugly Sonic is a, a major character. character. Uh, I was about to call you Neil. Yeah. I feel like you got a Neil vibe too. If you, uh, if yeah, you wanted I do. to, no, yeah. Some the only time uh, I've ever so my first name is George, but everybody calls me Pete. Wait, that's my middle name. What? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm getting Pulling out a passport. On I try to ID head. all of my guests before they yeah, when they yeah. show up. George Peter Eckerd. Oh my god! Yeah. Wait, this is yeah. I'm the third, so they always call me oh, by my middle name. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, wow. but yeah, some kid and uh, when this this mix up was going on, because I mean, the first day of school is a nightmare. Always having to be like, no, it's Pete. Nobody calls me. It's Pete. Like, yeah, because George. Because you also have that vibe. Like if somebody says, oh. This is my nickname. You're like, no, fuck you. You yeah, don't give yourself you. a nickname. Some kids are like, yo, they, everybody calls me Sparky. <laughs> like, if, if I, you know, Rusty, right? If I'd grown up with Rusty, right? And he was like, no, 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 my name isn't whatever my real first name is. It's Rusty. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> what? You don't get to pick that. So first day of school, you go in and you're like, what's up? I'm, I'm Pete. And the kid sitting next to me was like, you look more like a Randall to me. Only fist fight I ever got to in school. <laughs> I was like, you can't just say that to a person and not... You can't fucking catch these hands. That's an insult. It is an insult, dude. Yeah, like the only Randall I know of is fucking Monsters Inc. Yeah, and I want no parts of that, dude. Yeah, there's yeah Randall's the villain, and oh, I was even thinking of like his little sidekick. Oh, and he he's just a dork. He yeah he's yeah. Um, It's a Carl. (laughs) That's probably it. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, so the the whole thing and. one thing that I liked about this is like, yeah, like Roger Rabbit, because that the other direct connection is that there's a bunch of like random animated characters that yeah. you see in the background and the foreground everywhere. And Akiva said that he didn't want to go overboard with cameos. And his rule was don't put a cameo in unless it's forwarding the story or like putting a button on the end of a good laugh to like end a scene. Right. And I think like that, I think that was very refreshing about this is that yeah. this could have because it was a Disney Plus original. I think it was created for Disney Plus. It could have been overloaded. It could have been. Yeah, and he really fought for non-Disney characters, so it didn't just feel like, uh, like in Ralph Breaks the Internet, or Ralph, whatever, yeah. when Vanellope is like, oh, it's every Disney princess. Like, it just, it wasn't that just kind of corporate synergy yeah, thing. Yeah, it was, it felt very, like, it felt like it was done because they wanted to do it, not because they were like, you know what's a, you know what the people would probably like to see right now? What if Goofy is here? <laughs> Yo, what if we got Goofy? What if we got two pretty funny comedians to voice a lovable characters from the 90s? Yeah, you what if we said... like that? What if we said, fuck you to Tress McNeely and <laughs> Corey Burton? No, they were still in the... Shit, but yeah, yeah, they they get to voice I think two lines of Chip and yeah. Dale because they they just like when they, into... when they when they get in the argument and they <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. What do you have any opinion? Because like I think John Mulaney and Andy Samberg they did a good job, but it's part of that whole thing for the last few decades of like famous people now voice every animated character instead of having like 
these okay. professional voice actors. So there are there are movies coming out that I am mad about that for. Yeah, like I don't like that. There, Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. Yes, I'm like there's Mario's voice is important to that. What I liked though, I think th- them doing the thing like the needing the Tess McNeely and Corey mm-hmm. thing was that like I liked that it w- it gave you the separation between like they're not. They're, they're not, not the characters. They're not the, the characters show. on the TV show. These are in this world. They are people doing a job. Mm-hmm. Their job is they're actors, and they no, they don't sound like this all the time. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, just, yeah, yeah. they can't do that. Be irritating. Who can do that? For sure. No, that's a that's a good point. Like because I think it does kind of work a little bit in this, especially yeah. because there are like some uh, professional voice actors that are kind of like in the background. Like I know Jim Cummings uh, does a handful of things in here, and also like. Tress McNeely and Corey Burton, they did also do other voices in this. Yeah, they were the, I mean they were the other two. They were the voices of of the the other two rescue rangers. Still. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, they they were yeah. Classic just old animation. Like, we'll just get one person do eight voices, like how Billy Billy West is half of every character in uh Futurama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just talks to himself all the time. Yeah, um, Billy West and Bender just doing everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? John. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, yeah. Yeah. I mean, John DiMaggio is everyone on Adventure Time. It's just him and Kenny right. occasionally <laughs> pops out and does a voice. Like. Yeah, speak of, I know I brought it up on the podcast before, but if you haven't seen the documentary, I know that voice. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it fantastic. so good. Because that, I think that is, tr- when people say, what is your dream job? I'll say like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to be on TV or something. Truly, voice acting, dream, so fun. Okay. So cool. Yeah. My dream okay. is to be what um oh my god, to be what Tom Hanks's brother is to him to Elmo in third yes. party properties. That's that right. Is, yeah, because J- Jim Hanks, I, I think do. is his name. Yeah. He voices Woody in like tertiary media, like video games, toys, direct to ABC family shorts. <laughs> yeah, anything that's not a theatrical toy story release. Tom Hanks is like, I don't have time. And then his brother does it because his brother sounds exactly like him. But yeah. I want to be Kevin Clash in all other audio. Well, not to be that guy, but Kevin Clash doesn't do Elmo anymore. He's back. What? I thought. I thought. Last time I saw him, no, he he's back. Ba- I think he's back to doing like general like support and stuff. But oh. it, I think they passed the mantle a while ago gotcha. to. Ooh, I used to know this off the top of my head, and it's gonna drive me crazy. But sorry, Elmo heads in the in the audience that aren't listening. Yeah, I don't know who currently is in, but Kev, I mean, Kevin clashes. That's in, it's in my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, he, he is Elmo. Like, yeah, it's no... and I think in that documentary where he was like talking about like how we became Elmo or whatever. The uh, they had the puppet lying around for a while, and some guy was just like, "Hey, this is I'm what he sounds caveman. like, Elmo yeah. Caveman." Yeah, and, and he's like, "What if he was pleasant instead? Yeah, like, what if he was the what if he was the id of a three year old?" Oh my god, that reminds me that uh, like my because my niece is two and a half, and she's like obsessed with like Sesame Street and Muppet stuff right now, and it's wild because she's still learning how to talk and she talks like Elmo. Like I didn't realize that that was a real thing that kids will just talk about themselves in the third person. Yeah. Well, that's what Kevin Glass talks about that in the documentary where he's like, a, you know, that anyone can just say words in this voice, but Elmo, it's very, Elmo is this many. Elmo is four years old. Elmo's very overwhelmed. This is very and, good. And confused. And Elmo very scared and he needs Mr. Noodle. Damn. There you go. <laughs> Or is it obvious they didn't have many friends in high school? So I was just like, <laughs> I want to be an Elmo. 
Well, I mean, I had like too many friends in in high school, so it was that thing of like nobody like pumped the brakes on me and was like, "Hey, Ross, maybe let's not do this bit. This isn't that funny." Uh, so we both got a, a cruel awakening. Yeah. Uh, so like, I mean, there's not much to say about this movie in terms of plot. Like, they the uh, Dale calls Chip back because they're they've been separated for a long time. They have a feud. Chip is a, an insurance salesman. Dale is like a. Uh, you know, a, a convention just, guy. Yeah, he's, he's an actor working the equivalent of like the horror circuit. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like, like a, a Brent Spiner, if you will. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a Brent Spiner. He's the guy that was Hellraiser. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like he can make enough money just doing his thing. And he seems Brent genuinely Spiner. Okay. Holy shit, dude. Well, That's a, f- a name I haven't. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like the third star of my favorite movie of all time. There, but which one? The Master of Disguise. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, okay. If we're fuck. You got to come back to talk about Master of Disguise. That hour and five minute movie. Oh, it's so good. Dude. I I think about that all. It's like the same when I think about the Love Guru. That like the movie. Why do people so, hate that? It's so good. It's, it's so funny. Like both Love Guru and Master of Disguise. Like on paper, slam dunk makes sense. Because like I like Dana Carvey a lot. He's great. But it's like oh nobody told Dana Carvey to like rein it in at all or nobody and nobody was like uh I cuz it, it was right around the time of Austin Powers they were probably like you know what we're going to do our Austin Powers we're going to do uh, Gis- Giuseppe Disguise <laughs> is that the name Pistachio Disguise Pistachio <laughs> Disguise um Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, dude, Pistet- and like every actor that you like from your childhood is in that movie for like a split second. The mom on Wizardry, Wizards of Waverly Place is the love interest. That's right. The, the one that's sl- the one that is the dating grandma the- is like she's the, a lady that's been in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah the mom is in everything. The dad is oh, what's his nuts. Um, What's a Brolin is the dad? Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. Josh That's, or Brolin's, James Brolin, yeah, maybe. James Brolin is his dad. Yeah, like, and they're all doing weird accents. Red Spiner's the bad guy. Yeah. I need you to disguise <laughs> That is not Bo Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Shit. Yeah, you got to come back before <laughs> I uh, inevitably finish the podcast again, and we'll we'll go ham on Master of Disguise. That'll be like Dude. a three-hour super. That, that podcast will, about that movie will be longer than it, the movie itself. It'll be as long as the proposed trilogy. Yeah, there should be a proposed trilogy. Okay. Yeah. I, back uh, to Chip and Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chip and Dale. Yeah, so uh, they're like, hey, our friend uh, Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack. Uh, is gone. He's their pilot. <laughs> yeah, he's a cheese-loving Australian mouse. Yes. According she to uses Wikipedia. heroin in the Disney yeah. cinematic universe. <laughs> and so he goes missing, and they're like, where is he? And there's this whole thing where a bunch of tunes are going missing, and it ends up being that Peter Pan, a.k.a. Sweet Pete, Sweet Pete. voiced by Will Arnett, he has been kidnapping tunes and putting them through this machine to make, like, bootlegs. and yeah, To make Dollar Tree movies. Yeah, Dollar Tree movies are like, like um when that Brazilian... Animation the- uh, studio does like ratatouille and like the little panda or whatever. The reef instead of Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I- exactly. Finding Nemo and Shark Tale one. It's called The Reef, and Drake Bell is the lead. <laughs> <laughs> What's he been up to? No, um, <laughs> I do appreciate that the whole plot. It's all like very specific to like the current state of like streaming and like what animation has become because it isn't like Roger Rabbit of like the golden age and all of these people are hanging out it's like right everything is kind of a cash grab there's some great classics but then also a bunch of garbage and i think it kind of plays with that 
I really well. I think the funniest part of that, like the first of all, the funniest running gag is all of the ads starring other cartoons as yeah. things. The the Dobby Gucci ads are my favorite. That's right. It was like, like, I, like um, three or four throughout the movie that it's like it's Gu- Dobby posing in different outfits for Gucci. <laughs> There's a butthead for president or butthead for senator. Yes. Flyers going around. Mr. Doubtfire starring. Um, I saw that, that made me laugh very hard. Um, yeah, but I, I like... I think because I watched this with my brother and we were both very just pleasantly surprised because it looked like it would have been fine. But yeah, they went a lot harder and deeper and did a lot more than they needed to. And I think like that's what's been the general consensus that I felt that even if you didn't love it, even if you don't really relate to it, it's at least something different and new. Like how um, uh, J.K. Simmons is Captain Putty and he's like, it's a claymation character that exists and interacts with like a CGI and a cell animated character. And there's like a puppet at one point. And like, they really just, it's all like really woven together yeah. perfectly. It is. It's done great. And I think that there is a, again, I think the thing that was most impressive is they made it, they were self-aware enough that they gave, they somehow imagined new tropes that immediately you could understand being annoying to them. Like okay, oh interesting. For example, like yeah. I I watched this for the first time with Lemaire, and he was very quick to point out the probably the first line that like grown up Chip has that's outside of the insurance office is he goes in and he he feeds his dog, and there's a, an Alvin and the Chipmunks trailer going on, mm-hmm. and he goes, "They always make us rap." They always make the chipmunk rap. Is <laughs> a direct parallel to Martin Lawrence and Tracy Morgan being like they don't. They always make a black man wear a dress. Right. Every time they're making us wear a dress. If you want to be successful, you got to do some gay shit. And then the <laughs> chipmunk immediately is like, they, "That's why we failed, man. They always got to rap. They always make <laughs> us rap." They always. Yeah. Well, that like they're it very much is touching on the stuff of like. It's all new and fresh, but because it's all been, like, hashed out on TikTok and Twitter for, like, months beforehand, it's just like, yeah, we all know. Like, we all know that, like, animated characters are, like, self-referential. It's kind of like in Rise of Skywalker when uh, Oscar Isaac is like, they fly now. Like, it's that kind yeah. of uh, a nonchalantness. Um, Which again, that was still the, the greatest thing was John Boyega being like, they always flew. They've been flying to at least the Clone yeah. Wars. <laughs> like, did you guys not watch the movies? I've seen the movies. They fly in <laughs> Attack of the Clones. They're flying, dude, when yeah. they're in that pit. <laughs> but and I, and I think also a lot of this stuff would feel a little bit hokey, but because it's Mulaney and Sandberg, like, they have that energy that works for them. Like, Mulaney, in all of the stuff that he's been voicing and doing, he's just him. Like, they're yeah. not trying to make him actually give a performance in that way. It's just like, okay, what if you were 12? Or like, what if you were a pig? And and same with Sandberg, like kind of like the the bright-eyed optimist and that kind of thing. Um, and part of me is curious if it kept like the original voice actors totally, but honestly, you bring up a really good point of like, if you're going to do this satire of modern Hollywood life and what these characters are in the real world, you kind of have to do it that way. Yeah, I think you have to differentiate them. It's like one of them is Chip and Dale the character is not Chip and Dale the person. Yeah. Um, although, like, I'm starting to get sick of, like, what if this character was real? <laughs> it's like, it's we're almost done. We're almost done I, with that. I do. But there is a part of me that, like, it allows for a further... Like, 
I don't like the what if all these characters were real. But if everyone is going to if everyone is going to insist that everything is happening in a shared universe mm-hmm. already, I don't I don't I, it doesn't bother me that they're like, "All right, let me give you a framework that can make some sort of sense" as opposed to like them just being like, "Oh yeah, Chippendale and Darkwing Duck, they're they know each other, and the gargoyles there. That whole yeah. Saturday morning black, they know each other, but like also like we're never gonna explain how that's humanly possible." <laughs> that's fair. Um, did Did you hear the controversy about Peter Bo- Pan in this? The Bobby Drydell. Yeah, stuff. I yeah. I d- I had not heard this. Uh, so basically, if you for the uninitiated, um, so Bobby Driscoll voiced Driscoll. Peter Pan in 1953, the famous Disney movie, and he became pretty much washed up afterwards. Like he was a child actor. This was before there were any standards for anything, yeah. and uh, he didn't really get much work. He did like a lot of like exploitation and like weird artsy films, and he was found dead in some like apartment building. Uh, in like the late 60s, I believe. And so people were like, I can't believe they would do this. And it's really the most just like coincidence, coincidence things ever. Especially like like the whole character is like, it's Peter Pan, the boy who never grew up. But ah, he grew up. We know what Hollywood was like in the 50s for Mm -hmm. everybody. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, it was a great time for all involved. Nobody was, you know... (laughs) <laughs> Nobody was being abused or manipulated or taken advantage. No, it was show ever. business. Yeah, There's no business like yeah, it. No business like <laughs> it. Um, but like, we know what Hollywood was like in the '50s. We know what child actors were treated like until fairly recently. Yeah, we could have made an educated assumption that anything that happened to anybody, like that anyone from the 1950s that was. 12 and <laughs> working for a major Hollywood studio was like maybe gonna have some trouble afterwards for you sure I mean like you hear the shit like the horror stories about like Shirley Temple and you hear the horror stories about like all of them I mean like I haven't looked into like the little Mickey rascals I cannot believe that I cannot imagine that they had a very nice life yeah, afterwards like, uh, but it's also like I mean I think I I can't imagine that the same criticism came out when like Hook happened yeah, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> even, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a more specific thing, but it would be, like, if you had, like, a... If you were making a movie... If you were making a movie about the uh, early Nickelodeon... Yeah. And you, like, had an actress who was a little kooky playing Amanda Bynes, and they'd be like, you know what happened to her? It's like, yeah, no, we're trying to retell this. Like, right, what yeah. What happened to her is kind of important to like the trajectory. Yeah, of and things. like the like there's no way that this movie would have been rooted in yeah. any sort of reality like it's a rehash of the show from what you've been saying like it's a detective thing. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of what what is there anything about this movie that we t- haven't touched on yet cuz like we've been kind of going around again yeah. there's not so much of a plot to discuss. Yeah, it's just oh they He's sending them to all overseas. Ugly Sonic saves the day. Ugly Sonic wasn't lying the whole time. Do you believe in that conspiracy theory that the studio released that trailer of Ugly Sonic on purpose? Yeah. Well, not on purpose, but I think that... But they, like, knew that it looked bad, and they had already done, like... they'd already. Oh, that one, no. Yeah. I... No, I, I don't think that. But what I do think happened was that, like... I think... I don't think anybody thought that anybody would have cared. <laughs> like, I guess that's part of the thing was that, like, I... Who was going to see the Sonic movie? 
Like apparently everybody, I I have not seen it. Neither have I, but I got Paramount Plus. I am perplexed at how mega popular it was. I guess because it was also like the last movie that came out before the pandemic. It was like that and the Invisible Man. Yeah, (laughs) and people were like, "Oh, I'll get. Let's see a a fun one (laughs) instead of." Really intense yeah. one. See, why couldn't have Dunkirk been about to come out before the pandemic <laughs> happened or something? Something that everyone would have been like, oh, thank God we didn't have to pretend like we enjoyed that. Yeah, like, I yeah, I didn't even see that. I was like, World War II? What am I, a dad? I love I love all those World War II movies. And me and my brother went... And, okay, we, first off, first okay. mistake we made, I, I dodged it when it was first came out because I'd heard... Every all of my grandparents' friends liked it, which was a good sign mm. that I probably wasn't going to. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, whatever." It's like it's cinematic. Cinem- <laughs> That's the thing. I come from a stock of people who refer to good movies as it was cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, the cinematography is beautiful. It was like ornate. They told the story very well visually." And I was like, "That's better opinions than you guys should have about things." There's no way this is actually a good flick. <laughs> and me and my I've seen brother, how you treat waiters, so yeah, I don't know about yeah. That. You guys think the Olive Garden is fancy, and you guys are really hyping up this movie, so like it's got to be bad. And I was like, "Well, what is, what is it gonna be?" And then me and my brother went and saw it because after like I dodged it when it was initially out, but then when it got nominated for the Oscars, m- like they put it out like a director's cut. They were airing at a theater near oh. us, and me and my brother were like, "All right, like if we if it's gonna win Best Picture, probably like we should give it a go. Let's yeah, check it out." And then we just have it three hours. It was like an extra thirty eight minutes of the movie, and I, they maybe said eighty five words the entire time. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, this is the worst, man. This is it's like watching a Nova documentary with the sound off. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Like, you can hear the fear in Tom yeah. Hardy when he knows he's gonna crash his plane. I was like, no, you can't get your shit. <laughs> That's like um, when I saw cats in theaters. I, I was in like an you know old how to pick them, dude. You know how to go pick and oh yeah, things oh. in time. I know, <laughs> I know how to cats. spend. I know how to spend money. Um, but in the theater next door to because this was an old theater. It was like one of those, like an AMC and you walk in and you're like, oh, they like avoided the Coke freestyle machine and like any modern this design. This like an Area 51 arcade yeah. game. <laughs> but it was this like, was yeah. every AMC ever for a while though. Yeah, it was like an AMC classic, I think they call it. And that's just like, we're not going to pay to like uphold, uh, like renovate these because they're in like the middle of nowhere. Oh, have the fun seats. Yeah. Honestly, I don't mind the. F- I I like having regular seats. So do I, but when I get the fun seats, ooh wee, what a time! Oh yeah, you go zzz, 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 up and down. But anyway, so we saw Cats, and in the theater next to us was 1917, and like, I'm watching James Corden be like, "I'm a cat" or whatever, and then I just hear. I'm like, damn. That does sound like one where you maybe made the wrong choice. It was like 1917. I do think it's probably like a oh, 100. percent It was that thing that like it was rad. <laughs> I've I've heard it's very good, but it was like I went uh, because people were like, oh my god, we have to see it, and like they they had they imbibed a little bit beforehand. I was stone cold sober. That was also my mistake, and so just sitting there very sober, I was also very nasally congested. Um, so it was just not a good time. Uh, definitely should have gone 1917 or stayed home. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what it was. I one time as a teenager bought a ticket to see Cars 2. Ooh, me and my friends. That's which, rough. But I'm not even going to lie, and we can talk. If you, I don't know if you've talked about Cars 2 on this podcast. I think I have, because I watched. It's unironically. First off, I think it's the best Cars movie. Second off, it is definitely my top three favorite Pixar movies total. This is, no. Yes. What? 
Here's why. I watched Cars 3. Because I guess like Cars, Cars... Not Cars 3. Cars 2. Cars 3 I, I've seen is all three underwhelming. Cars is, Cars is decent. Cars 2, I think... Do you like it because it's just so bananas? It's fun. And like there, th- when I was reading up on it, because I think I did a review of either for this podcast or a guest on somebody else's to talk about it. But people were like, this raises so many questions about like car history. And it's like... No. Okay. So you need to, if you think of all three Cars movies as genre movies as opposed to okay. just an, an overarching trilogy. Like, okay. Cars 1 is the natural. Mm-hmm. Or it, it's a... Yeah, it's, like a f- it's like a fish out of water. It's a Well, it's a baseball movie. It's like a... Oh, sure. You've been sent down the AAA. You've got to work your way back up. Dude. Yeah. You're, you're not good. We got the new guy in there. It's like the factory is shutting down. It's you got to fucking go get a new thing. Mm-hmm. It is... It's great. Cars 2 is... It's a spy it's, movie. Yeah, it's, it's James it's Bond. 007, yeah. Cars 3 is like... Um, again, it's kind of well, it's like It's like Creed. Movie. It's Creed. Basically. Because it's yeah, like... It's Creed the protagonist is getting all... with the curve. Okay, maybe, yeah. Where it's like... It's realizing... Or Bull Durham. It's realizing that you have to... T- if you want to stay in the game you love, you've got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Also... It's not about lightning in Cars 2. Lightning is a vessel. Lightning is the mozzarella stick <laughs> that is. Lightning is the fried calamari that is Mater's spy marinara sauce. Yep. Okay. You lightning exists because. And also, I think the reason they did Cars 2 that way is because the Mater's tall tales all went so well. Like all of those shorts of. Oh, of course, Mater and the Ghost Light. Mater and the Ghost Light. I remember that being that on every it, ad break for a month. <laughs> Was just Mater yelling, Ma- Ghost Light! Ghost Light! Okay, you also remember <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but yeah. uh, we're, we're coming up on... Only he's a luchador. Like, it was great. Shit, okay, we gotta do it. <laughs> You're coming back to talk about Master in Disguise and also <laughs> Cards, <laughs> Cards Tales. <laughs> but here, we're coming up on the end here. Uh, so, uh, uh, do you have any final thoughts about uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers of anything that we haven't really touched okay. on yet? I just think... I don't think a lot, a lot of my enjoyment of the movie comes from the fact that most of my friends are the type of people that don't like fun. They don't like they like films. They don't like movies. So this was I the first movie in a very long time that I was like, "Boys, you're going to fucking take this at face value, and you're going to enjoy it." And it was the first movie that I was excited for that didn't try to be something more sure. in a long time. Yeah, like I mean, I. I've been telling everybody and their mom to see everything everywhere all at once because it's fantastic. Yeah. But you're right. That's a film. This is just fun. Well, and that, like, I don't even, I haven't seen that. But, like, everyone who I know who saw that, of all shapes and colors and creeds, like, like We get it. You, you know have I mean? a lot of friends. Like, yeah, no, I mean, like, my dumb Republican uncle enjoyed <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Like, he was like, this is rad. This Great. was a sick-ass movie. I love it. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't know. Like, the movie prior to this that I was the most excited for was The Kingsman. The King's Man, like oh, the, the prequel. prequel. Holy shit, was that movie like pulling teeth? I've heard like, that. I've heard because it's they really tried God-awful. to make it not what it was. Like they mm. were like, you know what? The first two, they were like funny and witty and like made a point. And then they're like this prequel, generic World uh, War One background that story sucks. stuff. You're like, what the fuck no, is this? Let's like we need to have fun and camp in media again. Like. Not in the way that there are so many Netflix originals that are just like, yeah, this is what like a bargain bin movie would be. Like, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the movie, could have been in theaters. It could have done great. 
everybody would have had a lot of fun. But it's like a move, like theater quality, direct to streaming instead of like yeah. we just need to generate content, and you can definitely feel that. Yeah, and also the soft lot again. It it has given a layup for the Darkwing that is coming out. I believe in the fall, winter. Oh. Like, I don't know if you saw that. Was that, that little post credit scene where Darkwing pops up and it's no, like, "I'm sick of post credit like, scenes." I'm coming like, soon. Uh, of course. But yeah, like I, if they if they do this for everybody, if they give Darkwing a thing, if they give Gargoyles and Bonkers, like, yeah, I could really see myself being like invested in that much more than I'm invested in a lot of these cinematic universes that they've tried to get me. Yeah, f- look, Phase Four, give a fuck Phase Four, about Fantastic. you gotta move on. You know what I mean? Love Harry Potter. Don't give a figgity fuck no, about nobody. Fantastic Beasts. It, if never you did, never if you have. were listening to this and you were a fan of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, I'm not even doing a judgment call of like, oh, like Johnny Depp and J.K. Rowling. If you just think that they're good and fun and worthwhile. Tweet me just because I need to understand. Yeah, I. But also follow me on Instagram and DM me and tell me that you fucking <laughs> tell me why you like the Fantastic Beasts movies so I can tell you to go Griswold fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Pete. No Griswold saying Chevy Chase. <laughs> Pete, you've been on the podcast before. Uh, we rate everything on a scale of zero to five. You can be as specific uh, uh, and minute with your uh, uh, number as possible. What would you like to give Chippendale Rescue Rangers? I'd like to give it a 4.88. Wow. I love, I love, you go to the hundredth. I'm, I'm pretty close to you. I wrote this down at the beginning of the record and I feel confident about this. 4.23. Nice. I think it's a, it's a good movie. I had a lot of fun. Like I, it's so easy for me to rate everything as kind of like, oh, it was decent, but this was legitimately solid. So crunching the numbers, we're giving Chippendale's nope Chippendale Rescue Rangers a score of four point five five five, which puts it at the same exact score as Beauty and the Beast, the original. Yeah, and that put yeah we're putting it high Dude, five we've there. Done, we've done so good, and that puts it right below uh, School of Rock and right above the Great Muppet Caper. So like in that, good company. I'm gonna be honest with you that. When you put it into when you can put it into perspective like that, I think that's an accurate placement yeah, for I it. Think I, don't, I think Beauty and the Beast movie should probably be a couple spots higher. Maybe but yeah, it, I sandwiched think, in between the Great Bumper Caper and School yeah, of Rock is great company. Like when this, I've been doing this podcast for long enough. Like the, I, I have 132 movies on this spreadsheet. It starts to work weirdly well that like we are hitting the mark yeah. of ratings i also look before i'm sure everyone is tuning out now but like um i think that also think that is the more apt comparison than roger rabbit to this this to me felt much more more much more like the jason siegel amy adams muppet movie than it did roger rabbit yeah and you know what? i'm a defender con- of that I, oh, people, oh i'm a stark look, defender I mean, look, of the, the amy adams Pete, we're sitting jason next siegel to muppet. a shelf that oh, is I full saw, of my dude, muppet I had, stuff. i've had a half chub for that the whole time dude Good. don't even i i bought them dude, i said i said a reminder Kermy is the fucking I set a reminder on my uh, phone when the uh, Lego Muppets figurines came out, and I immediately bought it. Worth it. So hard. Um, but yeah, Pete, thank you so much for coming thank back you so on. Much I'm so me. glad that we saw the same movie this time. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything you would like to plug or point people towards? Yeah, just, um, you know, every month in Maniunk, probably the second Saturday of the month, uh, we're doing Gaffapalooza. Uh, I'll I'll be posting stuff about that on my Instagram at Pete Eck forty two just P E T E E C K four two, um, 
Other than that, just uh, Gaff Palooza. I got a Phillies podcast called Hash Burn Alley, where two potheads discuss baseball. Uh, yeah, other than that, that's all. Just, Fantastic. Uh, yeah. shows. Oh, and August 3rd at Helium Comedy Club, I'm on the uh, semifinals of Philly's Funniest. Whoa, I got eliminated, I think partially because um, I got to my uh, slot as the show started, because the train was late. Oops. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get uh, listen to this, just because it helps us. And tell a friend or an enemy. Reconcile over this podcast. But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go, Gadget, end show. Uh, roll out Autobots. <laughs>